listening to the coffee hour i'm andy bates i'm sarah golseth thanks to concordia university wisconsin for supporting the coffee hour find out more about concordia university wisconsin at cuw.edu live uncommon today we are i was gonna say we're going international but we're sort kind of. of sort of Cut, not really yes. ish, ish. A, a bit <laughs> a bit yes <laughs> but welcome you back our friend the reverend dr stephen shave executive director of lamp ministries dr shave welcome back to the coffee hour thank you so much for having me what is the work of LAMP today? I think the simplest way to think of it is in the Bible, where it talks about the going to the four winds. That's what we're called to do, to go to the ends of the earth. We are the northern part of that. We go to the farthest reaches in North America, and we serve in indigenous remote communities. It all started with a bush pilot, Lutheran pastor, making ends meet by uh, flying his planes to different locations to drop off cargo. He was flying above a lot of these villages and saw the smokestacks and realized, hey, there's families that live here, but they're so distant and isolated that there's a pretty good chance they're not hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. And so... uh, You'll like this, Sarah. It started really Michigan District. The ladies of the LWML got behind that idea and they helped him to buy his first plane. And so we are Lutheran Association of Missionaries and Pilots, but it really started with missionary pilots. It's that stuff you see on TV with the ice road truckers and the really harsh environment way up north, very difficult living conditions. But the whole concept was to take the gospel to these villages and indigenous reserves so that they would be able to hear the good news of Jesus. And the only way you were going to get there was by plane. But now it's kind of morphed to missionaries and pilots. So that means we have a lot of mission teams now because working with the youth was kind of the vital piece of how we bring the gospel to these communities. And so we work with commercial airlines now to get up to these locations, but we work with congregations and mission teams to go and to serve and do vacation Bible schools with the kids there. That's really what the work of LAMP is all about. I guess it shouldn't be very surprising that it was the women of an LWML that really spearheaded funding this, that they, they do such great work yes. everywhere. And, so. and we do work with women in the communities and we do some men club and we do some sports activities for the teens. But yeah, LWML and doing work with women and children, it's just obviously a great fit. Yeah, yeah. So I know a lot of the work that recently you've been doing and, and kind of has brought to light is is work with residential schools. And I know the, the Pope visited Canada last year and there's been a couple of new TV shows. I was watching a, a new show that referenced these residential schools. What What are these and why haven't we really heard about them before the last few years? Yeah. And I mean, I'm an older middle-aged guy myself. And I have to say, it wasn't until I started looking into the work of LAMP that I started to hear more about the residential schools. And then by 2021, it was all over the media, really. And like you said, now it's kind of showing up in television shows. And it was a very significant visit that the Pope made to Canada. I don't think they've had so much hype around a visit since the Queen Elizabeth 
So this was really a big thing. And what it came down to is, if you can imagine, and this isn't ancient history, the last residential school actually closed in the 1980s, but the whole residential school system was literally going into indigenous communities, plucking out the children, taking them from their families, and then basically forcing them to go to these boarding schools. And so when you see certain TV shows that are depicting it, you know, it's a a very realistic view of a lot of the abuse that went on and the tragedies that these families face, because for a lot of them, the children would go and be taken and never be heard from again. And so the reason you haven't heard of it is obviously it's not a very pleasant, you know, part of our history. It's kind of one of those things that we hide from our history books in a lot of cases, but a lot of this truth and reconciliation process that the Canadian government has brought about was to try to make amends, to try to bring to light the trauma that took place from these residential schools and take accountability. And really, that's what the Pope did. He, he came and made his confession, made an apology on behalf of the Catholic Church for the role that they had in the abuse that took place in these residential schools and offered to be a part of the healing process. So what role does LAMP have then in this this healing and affiliation uh, today? Yeah, I mean, when you think about the darkness of sin and the things that went on, it's obviously a challenge for Christian organizations in this work because it was perpetrated by Christian organizations. So we, as the Lutheran branch of bringing the gospel, want to be part of that healing process. We want to help people that are working through these you know, generational traumas. We want to be part of that reconciliation process. And, you know, that's what the gospel does. The gospel is all about finding that forgiveness, bringing that healing balm of the gospel to others. And so LAMP does take that as, you know, an important part of what we do because we, we have earned the respect and we have had the doors open to us by community leaders and we, we don't take that for granted. And it's a great honor for us that we have the ability to go and to, to be among the people and to dwell with them and to be a part of that healing and forgiveness. And so we, we definitely see that as part of what we do in our ministry is to help with that reconciliation process. I know that the history of the residential schools and, and just the the abuse that happened there, a lot of that did happen in the name of, of the church. And I, I imagine that has to be difficult to approach communities with the church, with the gospel, and to say, we, we aren't like this. We're approaching this in a different way. How are you able to do that, to to share the news of Jesus that, that people need to hear? Yeah, it was interesting. The timing was not good in terms of the pandemic. So like yeah. our constantly being there year after year and then having that gap and then having all of these things coming out in the news in 2021 about the residential schools, we were, we were concerned, you know, what, what would it be like to go back in the communities after, after that gap? But again, just welcomed in with open arms and just as much as the trauma has been generational, it has been amazing that a volunteer that's been serving for decades, you know, they're now getting to witness the kids that they ministered to are now the parents of the kids that are being ministered to. 
And so we have so many years of of the Lutheran presence there and our understanding of grace, our understanding of salvation and forgiveness. That really has gone a long way in terms of us being able to continue to build that mutual love and respect with all the people in the community. And then they know when there's crisis, we're there. You know, if, if there's a food crisis, you know, there's no berries to pick. The ice isn't good for fishing. The hunting's bad. I mean, whatever it is, they know that they can always count on us to to come and to support them. And that it's been for, you know, decades now that we've had a presence. And, and that's what it takes. It takes that kind of very long-lasting relationship with these communities that we are able to continue to weather those storms of, you know, the new news of the residential schools and that they see us as being trustworthy. You know, our volunteers and staff have earned that over the last, you know, 50 years and more. We've certainly identified some of the challenges that the communities you serve have faced with the the, the trauma and the, the the challenge of the pandemic, and certainly that makes it challenging in order to to serve these communities as well. Help us understand a little bit more about the the nature of the challenges these communities have faced, and and where we would find these communities. Where are you going? Where is Lamp reaching out to serve in these communities? Yeah, sure. So I mean, it could be British Columbia, Saskatchewan, it could be Manitoba. Ontario, but it's those places that you see on these TV shows like the Ice Road Truckers where it's it's dangerous territory to get up there for those truckers. They have to wait until the ice has completely frozen for them to drive their semi-trucks into these communities or, like I said, you can fly in as well. So all we don't our headquarters is in Edmonton, Alberta, but we don't have any locations in Alberta just because you can get everywhere in Alberta. So we really are about reaching the ends of the earth. We really are about reaching these, you know, isolated, remote communities that, you know, again, that's why they so desperately need to hear the gospel. And so we do mostly youth ministry and you know, you're talking about the challenges of, of living in these remote, isolated reserves and villages. That's kind of the challenge that a lot of those youth grow up in, not just the, you know, the environment, because it's it's tough living in these Arctic conditions. But you guys will appreciate this. You know, I like to run, right? <laughs> so it just so happened I'm reading an article about this woman who's a runner. And what she's known for is that she has run you know, every day for years. And for her, it was a huge mental boost because she grew up in communities like we're talking about. So she, I thought, did an amazing job of explaining what it's like to be a youth growing up in a community. And she says that for her, she had over 30 close friends and family members who had died by suicide. And something that I didn't know was that for every five degrees that you have increasing in latitude, there's an 18% increase in the suicide rate. I thought that was incredible to think about how the social isolation that she talks about has that enormous of a role. When you're in these remote, even in their standards, remote communities that are only accessible by these small planes, they don't have the same opportunities. They don't have the same social support that we would get in a city like St. Louis and that we kind of take for granted in some of our bigger 
communities. And then she talks about how when you combine that extreme isolation, that whole subarctic climate, the very, very small population, she says, you know, there's that disproportional level of substance abuse and suicide among the young people. And she even goes on to say that suicide is the leading cause of death in adolescence, which is unfortunately true. And so she says a big reason these kids are taking their lives, I hadn't even really thought about this either, but if you imagine you're growing up in a village and there's maybe 500 people and you're a teenager and you've been dating someone and you break up, for example, um, they literally feel like it's the end of the world. They literally think that there's no other options for them going forward. And so they think about taking their own lives. But just all those different dynamics that go into the challenge of being a youth growing up in these subarctic, isolated communities, it all adds up. And that's why she, you know, was looking for ways to even build on her own mental health. But obviously for us, we know that there's nothing better than to hear the good news of Jesus. We're talking with Reverend Dr. Stephen Shave, Executive Director of LAMP Ministries. We have more to learn in just a moment. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others. To live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world. To live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Our guest today, the Reverend Dr. Stephen Shave, Executive Director of LAMP Ministries. We're learning more about the people served through LAMP and those who serve as well with LAMP. Tell us a little bit about the volunteers and those who serve with the LAMP Ministries. Yeah, so we're very fortunate that for years now, we've had partnerships with Lutheran congregations in Canada and the United States. It's pretty evenly divided, to be honest. But we are fortunate that we have sending churches who support mission teams that continue to go. For the reasons I was talking about working with the youth and establishing those kind of relationships that are lasting, we hope that we can get them to even make a commitment for more than just a one-year trip, but that they'll come back for a few years. Our you know, ultimate goal would be that they would commit to five years because that's really how long it takes for that congregation to really to get to know that community and be welcomed in as part of the community. And that's always been our ultimate goal is that congregations and volunteers can really truly feel like they're part of the community. And even in COVID, you know, we still were able to do drop-offs and have our pilots go up and deliver, you know, those needs that people had during COVID. But our the mission team still found a way, even using social media and, you know, calling on the phone to stay connected because they really feel like they are a part of that community that they've been welcomed into. And so we have some of the best volunteers, some of the most committed folks, but they really want to be a part of the long lasting relationship with the youth and the women and the 
teenagers and the men that we minister to in those remote indigenous communities we serve. What is that like to serve on a volunteer team, to, to be a part of that that change, that difference, uh, being able to share the gospel with these people? Yeah, I, you can't even imagine the impact that it really has. And I, you know, not a sales pitch here at all, but I, <laughs> I mean, I swear to you that every single volunteer I've ever spoken to has told me I've gotten so much more out of serving up there than I could ever give to the people that we're serving. And just the minute you drive up in your van with your mission team, you know, the whole community comes running. I mean, the kids come running, the moms are right behind them, the dogs are chasing you down. I mean, everybody's so excited that you made that kind of concerted effort to come and to be with them and to dwell with them. And, you know, that's kind of one of my things that I talk about too is, you know, yes, the Bible talks about, you know, who is the least and Jesus takes that little child, right, from the village and puts him on his lap and says, you know, this is it. This is what represents the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And so what makes it so impactful for our volunteers is that you get to dwell for that whole week with the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You get to serve with those little ones that God has said is, you know, so precious. And it's just so simple, right? I mean, kids that need to be loved on, be given attention. And again, when they're thinking those, those dark thoughts about suicide or whatever it might be, just to know how truly precious they are, that they are 100% the apple of God's eye. They are 100%, you know, created in God's image. God doesn't make junk. He sent his son for your salvation because he loves you so much. He promises to be with you forever, and he has a place for you in heaven. And so for all of those who desperately need to hear this message of hope, that's what the impact is, that we bring the hope of Christ in these, you know, cold, dark communities. You know, we bring the warmth of God's love, and we are able to be a beacon of that hope. And that's, that's what makes that long-lasting impact. And I can tell you, too, not only do they run you down as soon as you come to town and want to hug on you as soon as you get out of that van, they're going to ask you, when are you coming back? Right? So they're so, you know, excited about receiving love and attention and they want to open up their hearts to you and they want that to be, you know, again, a lasting relationship. And so every one of those kids is going to say, Hey, when are you coming back? And, you know, because of our support that we have and the volunteers we have, for over 50 years, we've been able to say, we'll be back soon. And we keep our promise. And it's just been great, again, to see generation after generation now who we have been able to make those connections and have that kind of gospel impact. I understand you have a big announcement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Do you have a drum roll or you, know, <laughs> you have like that breaking news? But uh, yeah, this is the first public announcement about something that happened recently. So because of COVID, our board of directors, we have one in Canada, one in the U.S. We got together at our headquarters in Edmonton in October. And, you know, we really wanted to dream big. And part of that was because, you know, the wind was taken out of our sails because of COVID, because our year anniversary was 2020. So it's like, oh man, that's just not even cool. 
So we were, were like, okay, what can we do to kind of make up for that? And how can we just kind of dream big? And for us, we started talking about our, in 2025, right? We'll have our 55th anniversary. What if we set a goal of reaching the most communities that we've ever reached? What if we had a goal of in 2025, our 55th anniversary, we go and serve in 55 communities? So that's the big announcement is that LAMP has set a goal that by 2025, we want to reach 55 communities with the good news of Jesus Christ. And we're going to need 55 teams, obviously, to help us to do that. But what we're calling it is the 55 for 55. And so that's the big announcement is that we're asking uh, you know, all of those uh, listeners out there to think about how can you participate in our 55-55 for our 55th. How many teams do you currently have serving? How, how much of a how much of a goal are we talking about here? Yeah, I, and I think every organization. I was just at a meeting last week with other organizations because of COVID. Most of them are saying they are sixty percent down on the number mm. of volunteers they have. So we're still in the rebuilding process, and it's almost kind of hard to answer that question. But I mean. If you think about 2029, if we served 45 communities, you know, it might, 55 might not seem like so much, but then you put COVID in the middle of it, which like (laughs) has, you know, really caused most of our churches to be in the rebuilding stage of mission teams. Mm -hmm. It is for us, I can tell you, it's a leap of faith, but you know, we, it is a leap of faith, but we know that we can soar to these new heights because we know that the Lutheran Church in Canada and in the U.S. is going to step up and, uh, and make this happen because if it's God's will, it's going to happen. But it's kind of hard to say just because, yes, we at one time have, you know, served in 45 communities, but yeah, it's, it is going to be a big leap of faith for us to get back to that level of 55 in 2025. It sounds like such a great opportunity for people to to step up and and to go on these these great trips and to build these relationships with communities. If people are interested and they want to be a part of this, because we've got a couple of years to get this done, how how do people start the process of getting involved with this? Yeah, absolutely. It all starts at our website. If you go to lampministry.org, lampministry.org. There's a section on how you can participate. If you want to pray with us, if you want to serve, if you want to go on a team, we have a whole section on where do we go. There's a map that lays it all out, gives you all the instructions about how to be volunteer with us to go on mission trips. There's a, you know, we work with kids, so there's going to be a vetting process. You know, we do screening. We have, again, those relationships that are very important to us. So we want you to be the best missionary you can be. So we put people through cross-cultural ministry training so they know how to do this in a God-pleasing way. And, you know, if you go to this website, it'll give you all the information about how you can be a part of this. Very good. And what's that website again? LampMinistry.org. That's pretty easy to remember, (laughs) LampMinistry.org. There you go. (laughs) 55 for 55 opportunities to volunteer to serve with LAMP Ministry. 
Steve, anything else you want to share with us as we wrap up our time today? About a minute left. Yeah, just to give you a fun way to participate. It just so happens on March 29th, if you want to mark your calendars, it's this old guy's 55th birthday, right? <laughs> so I'm thinking, you guys know me, I've done you know, 50 mile this, 50 mile that, but maybe a fun thing to do would be a, like a 55 endurance event, like a 55 mile ruck or something like that and use it as a fundraiser, right? So what would be cooler than if you, if you're willing on my 55th birthday to donate $55, we can make you an honorary aviator with Lamp Ministry. So that's my encouragement is if you want to have a fun way to participate, something easy, uh, think about a birthday fundraiser for your buddy Steve for his 55th birthday, and uh, maybe you consider donating $55, and that would be awesome. Very I good. It. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Very appropriate. There you go. Thanks so much, Steve, for being our guest today and sharing with us about Lamp Ministry. Oh, it was awesome being with you guys. Always a pleasure. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.